You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. Today we'll spend the first segment talking about which Florida Gators are on the preseason All-SEC team, which Florida Gators should have been on a preseason All-SEC team, and then we'll wrap up by talking about how Dan Mullen has fared using transfer players. It's a fun little roller coaster. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And don't forget to follow on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, do whatever you want on YouTube. It's fun. And plus, for the time being, less ads. Just saying. The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Lockdown Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, the Lockdown NFL Podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts to tune in beginning August 30th. That is one week from yesterday, so six days away. And looking at the All-SEC team, First team, we've got defensive lineman Zachary Carter, who led the Gators in sacks last season. Hopefully going to do the same this year, or at least hopefully going to improve upon that number this year. Um, again, like I've said, like I'm, I'm hoping for like eight sacks from him. That's what I want. Eight. I think eight's a reasonable number. I do like that he plays a D-line, as in the sense of D-end and defensive tackle. That's something that it's pretty impressive. Not everybody can do, and not everybody can be productive from both spots. That's the biggest thing with Zachary Carter is that he is a productive pass rusher from both the interior and the exterior, and that can prove crucial to this Gators team. That is huge for this Gators team and huge for this Gators pass rush because we have so many guys that are toolsy, um, and toolsy is just another way of saying like they haven't put it together. They have the physical tools, but they have not been productive. Um We'll get more to that tomorrow, by the way. But Zachary Carter could be a huge piece to this pass rush and to this defense in general, uh, because when we want to go small, he can be one of the D tackles. And when we want to go big, he can be one of the D ends and kind of give us a good size mismatch. They're not mismatch necessarily, but a good size variety, I guess would be the word to use. Uh, We've also got cornerback Kyrie Elam on the first team, who's like, Duh. Like obviously he was going to be there. He's, he's fantastic. He's one of the best corners in the SEC, if not the best corner in the SEC. He's one of the best corners in college football, if not the best corner in college football, which I realize those are usually the same person because, you know, SEC is where it's at. Sorry, Andrew Booth. Sorry, uh, Thomas and Hodges. It's just, it's just the truth. I love you guys, but it's the truth. <laughs> Kyrie Elam is, yeah, round, rounding up the, uh, or rounding out, the first team All-SEC for the Florida Gators, Zachary Carter, Kyrie Elam, both on the defense, different levels, which is awesome to just have two all-conference preseason players at different levels of the defense just shows well-balanced, and it shows that we've got at least potential from every position group because second team all-defense, 
Ventrell Miller, linebacker. So we've got three uh, defensive players make the first or second team. And all three of them, different levels, which is, again, a pretty dang good thing to have because you've got a lot of variety there. Ventrell Miller, of course, is thought of as the uh, the leader of the defense. He's kind of like the heart and soul guy, brings a hell of a hit with him. Like, I've, I've been hit by a lot of big dudes. I would not want to be hit by Ventrell Miller. That guy is just a killer, hopefully, we get just uh, him lighting someone up in week one just because, I mean, it'd be sick to see if we're being honest. It would be really cool just to start the year off like that. Really looking forward to Ventro Miller's play this year, and hopefully he is a key part in turning this defense around because, like I mentioned last year, he was one of the people where we would have liked to see a little bit more from him, especially pass coverage-wise. I would have really liked to see Ventro Miller pick it up, and hopefully this year he can pick it up, and if not, We've got more athletic and more versatile linebackers that can do so. Again, they're not going to be as good as Ventra Miller defending the run or even just commanding the defense. But there'll be less liabilities in pass coverage, and that could be enough to maybe take away a couple snaps from him if he doesn't clean up that pass coverage um, area of weakness, I guess I'll call it. We've got one offensive player on any of the all-SEC teams. It's not Emery. It's wide receiver Jacob Copeland. Jacob Copeland is, of course, someone who I cannot wait to see him because like we had Kadarius Tony, who Jacob Copeland won't be as freaky as Kadarius Tony. I want everybody to get that now. He will not be as freaky with the ball in his hands as Kadarius Tony because very few, if any, players on the planet at any level of football can do what Kadarius Tony can do with the football in his hands. He is that exciting, that dynamic. But Jacob Copeland will be filling that role of the, uh, I guess the gadgety guy would be a decent way to put it. Um, I think that we'll see him get some carries, some short passes that he can hopefully take deep, and hopefully he'll become a legit deep threat for this offense. Um, third team is okay. I'll say I would have liked to see him be a little bit higher. I would have liked to see more Gators on the list in general. That could be me being biased. But it's also, I think, people, like I've been saying, sleeping on the Gators because we've had a lot of turnover. But I don't think that's going to hurt us as much as people are uh, anticipating at this point. I'm very excited for what they've got. And honestly, all four of the guys that are on any preseason All-SEC teams, again, that's D-line edge, Zachary Carter, uh, corner, Kair Elam, linebacker, Ventral Miller, and wide receiver, Jake Copeland. Big fans of all their games. Hopefully that they can all... Uh, live up to those expectations if not exceed them um please please exceed them i would very much appreciate that thank you locked on gators is now on youtube and you'll see eventually that i'm i'm a sweater if you don't know like my process right now at this point because i sweat so much is i i blast the ac until right before i record so the room is at least as cool as possible for this uh yeah it, it that's just how i do it like i'm it's weird i hate it uh, but a couple weeks ago, I was in Miami sweating through every shirt, including this one. And it was like, which sucks because I love this shirt. <laughs> but now that I'm home, I got my sweat block back with me. Forgot it when I left. Sorry. Uh, but it's stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. That, and I, I would know. I've used plenty. Uh, you can apply it and just, you know, just put it on right before bed. Go to bed, wake up, shower, and you'll be good for at least 
a couple of days. Like it, it, it's guaranteed. It's just so good. And I know guaranteed sounds like too good to be true. And I get it. Believe me. Trust me. I was I was hesitant to believe it as well. But it's damn good. Use it once or twice a week. Keeps me dry. Use promo code locked on to get 20% off at sweatblock.com or get it at Amazon or CVS. Need something to do with your stimulus, tax refund, GameStop, Dogecoin, NIL, home field money, whatever it is, visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. And I, I would show you my cards back there, but I'm not going to pick up the whole camera and rotate it just to show you. But if I ever need anything, I'll be sure to check out rockauto.com, whether it's brake pads, taillights, uh, what else is there? You know, the fuzzy dice in the mirror joke, which by the way, fresh prints, if you're living under a rock, that's where that reference is from. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. I do that every time, by the way. Now that it's on YouTube, you'll learn. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that they know exactly who sent you. And now we're talking about who should have made the All-SEC preseason teams. And uh, I've got a couple opinions about it. Uh, first up, I'm starting with Keymore Gam- with Corey Gamble. Uh should have been tight end three over Nick Muse from South Carolina. Like, no offense to Nick Muse, but you're not that guy, pal. It, it's Kimberly Gamble. He is that guy. Uh, he's more explosive, more explosive than Nick Muse, without a doubt. <laughs> he's got more um, legitimate passing down experience than Nick Muse. And while, of course, Gamble won't have Kyle Pitts level production at tight end because nobody can. Like I, I know that there are Gators fans that think we're going to become uh, just a tight end production factory. Don't We're going to be a tight end factory in the sense if we produce tight ends and get them to the NFL and they will succeed in the NFL. I have no doubt about that. My point is that we're not going to have tight ends that put up as many stats as, as gaudy stats as Kyle Pitts could do because we don't, there's very few tight ends ever that have been as talented as Kyle Pitts is. So don't, don't get your hopes up production wise there. But we will be putting NFL tight ends on the field week in, week out, year in, year out. That's something that I know and I can guarantee it. And Gamble is going to be the first guy to be like, hey, Kyle Pitts wasn't like this recency fluke. Like we are tight end you and there's no question about it. You'll, you'll, you'll learn. Trust me. Just just know that. Um, Florida had no offensive linemen on any of the teams, which is the least shocking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, Florida had one of the most inconsistent offensive lines last year. It, it was it was pretty rough. Um, but, I mean, this year we're hoping for improvement, but I get it. It's hard to put any real faith in them. So I get not making it with uh, no running back. Different case, but I also get why we didn't have any running backs on any of the teams. The offensive line, we didn't have anybody because our our offensive line has been way too inconsistent. Running back, there are too many opportunities to go around, too many mouths to feed to really say that one guy is going to break out with any certainty or any uh, any kind of faith that we know it will happen. So I get not having any running backs from Florida on any of the all-SEC teams. Also, to be fair, none of our running backs have proven that they are better than a good deal of the running backs that were even in consideration there. Because, of course, 
the SEC is where running backs live, grow, and just become monsters. So I'm not surprised we didn't have any running backs. I get it. I do think that we have talented running backs, but I don't know if we have all conference running backs, and I don't think any of them will see enough playing time or touches, really. Uh, playing time, maybe, but touches is where I think we get kind of uh, lost in the shuffle there just because we have four or five guys that could get significant snaps in any given week. So I think that it's going to be hard to say any of them will put up the consistent uh, season-long production to really be in consideration for any all-conference teams, which is fine because we're still going to put out talented running backs and we're still going to get them into the NFL at some point, most likely. Uh, next, we have Brenton Cox Jr. didn't make it, which I was a little shocked about. Um, he's one of the guys that I was talking about when I said he's a toolsy pass rusher in the sense where like he hasn't put the production together but he's shown all the tools and all the potential to be a premier pass rusher not just in the sec not just in college football but he's shown the tools to be a premier pass rusher in the nfl but it's all about putting it together but again this preseason all sec team is usually all production or all projections so i would think that brenton cox jr should have made that list former five-star Stud pass rusher, hopefully, this year, if he can put it all together. And then I understand why we didn't have a single safety make the list. Um, none of them really got the playing time and exposure last year. Trey Dean got a significant amount of playing time, sure, but I don't think he got enough uh, or was put into enough positions to really be that guy at this point, which is fine. Like I'm, I'm not upset about neither Trey Dean nor Rashad Torrance making the All-SEC preseason team because I think that at least one of them will at the end of the year. That's why it's like that's why I'm pretty like whatever about it. We know I'm very high on our safeties. I don't care that they didn't make a preseason team because I'm pretty confident they'll make a postseason team. And that's that's more important when it comes down to it. You know, when you're talking about someone's accolades, you don't go, they're a preseason all-SEC in 2021. No, you go, they were a all-SEC player in 2021 so don't care that they didn't make the preseason i think they i think they'll both make at least one sec postseason team uh maybe one first team one third team both first team hopefully i, I think i don't know um, hopefully but i think that they'll both at least make a preseason a postseason uh, all sec team i think the gators have a shot at the natty this year if you're confident Bet online currently has plus 2,800 odds, and I'm just saying I'm going to take them. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports or non-sports action. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost <clears throat> anything you can imagine, it is the best way to place your bets and it's 100% free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device today which is by the way mobile device that's how i do it i just pulled my whole charger <laughs> uh go ahead use promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n and get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit we're ramping it up for football season bet online your online sportsbook experts home field we love you right here. We love you so much. They added Miami, Georgia, and Washington to their list of big new Saturday schools. Florida added Miami, Georgia, and Washington to the list of schools that could not beat their record. 
Sorry, guys. You just really didn't stand a chance, if we're being completely honest. Florida's that school. Uh, if you want proof that it's the biggest school, just look at the record. Like, it's it, seriously, Florida demolished everybody. Georgia held a candle. That's it, though. Everybody else got absolutely stomped out by Florida. We are that school. Thank you to everybody who participated in Big News Saturday with the Florida Gators because I know I had an absolute blast participating in it. I'm still talking trash to every school that gets announced for Big News Saturday. This week it's Boise State, and I mean, come on. <laughs> we, we know you don't stand a chance. Love you, love the colors, but you don't stand a chance, Boise State. Sorry. You're just going to be another one that bites the dust. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDONGATORS for 15% off of your first purchase with homefieldapparel.com. It's it's seriously, the collection is beautiful if you haven't seen it yet. And now we're talking about Dan Mullen using transfer players and how they've fared during his tenure with the Florida Gators only. We're not talking about anything he did with Mississippi State. That's just not the focus of the show at all. Um, I'm going to start off with John Grenard in 2019. Transfer from Louisville, edge, if you don't remember, which you should, uh, an edge player that transferred from Louisville with Todd Grantham, who's Florida's D.C. He was a D.C. in Louisville, and they both came to Gainesville in 2019. Uh, Grenard, 10 sacks with Florida, which was fantastic because he led the team, and he was top 20 in the entire country in sacks for that season. So it was fantastic. He ended up getting drafted by the Houston Texans. He's still there, and he's... Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully taking on a much bigger role this year on a team that desperately needs some kind of talent somewhere. And in 2020, Dan Mullen brought in a, a, a lot of guys. It was like eight transfers, but I'm talking about three right now, specifically uh, Justin Shorter, Brenton Cox Jr. and Lorenzo Lingard. That is the third guy I'm talking about. Uh, I could also talk about Jordan Pouncey. If you guys like Jordan Pouncey is someone who I think will take huge steps. Like I've said, I think he's going to be someone who, while he won't be a 1,000-yard receiver or even an 800-yard receiver this year probably, I think he's going to contribute to this offense in both the passing and rushing game, and I think that's huge for us, honestly. Like Just having those gimmicky players is huge, and I don't want to call him gimmicky. Uh, that's because that has like negative connotations with a lot of people, but you're talking to me. Gimmicky, gadgety, whatever you want to call it, that's a plus. Like So huge. Can't wait. But Shorter, Cox, and Lingard – all three were all former five stars. Lorenzo Lingard's been practically non-existent. He's been struggling with injuries, and that's really the incredibly unfortunate part of his college career so far is that he's been unable to stay healthy and unable to stay productive for teams, but hopefully this year he can stay productive. We've got a lot of running backs, a lot of mouths to feed, and hopefully he'll be someone that can kind of step up a bit. Uh, Justin Shorter's another former five-star, obviously, as they all are. But Shorter's said to wait his turn, you know? I mean, that, and that's what happens when you're looking at a blue blood program like the Florida Gators. You have to wait your turn, but hopefully Justin Shorter will see a much expanded role this year with all the skill position turnover. He's listed currently as a starting X receiver, projected to be the starting X receiver for us, which would be beautiful. Uh, big fan of his. He'd be replacing Trayvon Grimes and filling that Trayvon Grimes role, possibly more productive than Trayvon Grimes. Uh I think he's certainly more explosive than Grimes was. I think he'll have higher yards per catch, maybe more touchdowns, maybe more catches in general. But I think if he doesn't have like more yards in general, more touchdowns maybe, and maybe not more catches, it'll be because we've run the ball much more. But I think on a per catch or per target basis, 
Justin Shorter will be more productive than Trayvon Grimes was. And I love Trayvon Grimes last year. And then Brenton Cox Jr. I already spoke a little bit about him when just speaking about the all SEC teams. And I think he was a bit of a snub. I think he should have at least been a third team. Personally, I would have put him second team just because there's a lot of, uh, a lot of hype built around him, very high expectations around his name right now. And he's someone that we kind of expect to have a very productive year. He's another one, like I mentioned, Zachary Carter, I'm hoping eight sacks. Brenton Cox Jr., I'm hoping eight to 10, eight to 12, maybe. Like I'm hoping for a very productive pass rushing season from him. Um, he's kind of, he's shown the tools to be a premier pass rusher. And again, not just SEC, not just college football, but all of football. So hopefully he can at least take the next step or two to becoming that guy and really, really living up to his former five-star status. Looking at 2021, obviously I can't talk about how they've how they've uh, produced or how they've played so far. But I mean, I could look at some of the guys that I think are going to be big-time impact players. You've got Elijah Blades and Jadarius Perkins. We'll likely see at least at least some playing time this year, which I'm I'm hoping we'll see. Um, <laughs> At least, at least some. Again, we've got a lot of a lot of talented defensive backs, so we could see a lot of rotation, Alabama style. If we're really going to look at it that way, uh, I mentioned that yesterday. Like Alabama changes players incessantly. We can do that at certain levels of the defense this year. I mentioned it with safeties yesterday. I'm looking at corners now and star position. Both of these guys can kind of fill that role. Elijah Blades, very late addition to the team, so he probably won't be super productive and probably won't play much early on. But as the season goes on, injuries will happen. Guys will get fatigued. Hopefully, Blades will pick up on the system by then and develop there. Uh, Caleb Botang found playing time. Wouldn't surprise me at all. This offensive line is very inconsistent, or they were last year, this year. Who knows? That's my biggest thing. This offensive line is our biggest question mark without a doubt. And that's even with a team-changing Heisman candidate quarterback. I think offensive line is still the biggest question mark because it was the biggest question mark all season last year. Looking at Daquan Newkirk and Antonio Valentino on the other off on the other line, um, they're both expected to be starters in the middle of that D line. Antonio Valentino is more the nose tackle kind of guy. Daquan Kirk is probably going to be more of a three T. Um, but even then, it depends because if we have Zachary Carter bump inside, then Daquan Newkirk will probably be the defensive tackle that comes off of the field. So Antonio Valentino, I'm expecting huge things. Penn State transfer, loved him while he was at Penn State. Um, more of Antonio Shelton then, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but Daquan Newkirk will probably be the guy that come off when Zachary Carter steps on. And Demarcus Bowman's the last transfer I'm going to talk about because he's someone that I've spoken about extensively, and I want to continue doing so, where I think he's got so much potential to be an explosive playmaker in both the passing and rushing game where I think he's just going to get manufactured touches probably, but still touches, and I think he's going to be productive. We saw in practices and scrimmages, he's had huge plays. I would expect the same thing from him when it comes game time in a week and a half, baby. Like, we're almost there. But that about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me tomorrow, as like I hinted before, we'll take a look into how the Gators can improve their pass rush from last year to this year. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can also find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. This is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Football, hosted by Vinny Iyer, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I don't know about you, but I've got a fantasy draft this week. I've got two more next week. I've got one the week after. I've got a lot of fantasy drafts coming up. 
and I'm going to get all of the help that I can. And yeah, Vinny's going to be my main guy for that. Betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. 